Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. In this week's story, which comes from Scotland, a brave girl tries to win back her lost warrior and free him from a terrible enchantment. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete tales from Celtic Lands Collection. The Black Bull of Norway, a Scottish tale. Long, long ago in the land of Norway, there lived a woman who had three daughters. As they grew older, they longed for households of their own. One day, the eldest daughter said to her mother, Bake me a bannock and roast me some meat, mother. I am away to seek my fortune. And the eldest daughter went to the old wise woman who could tell the future. The wrinkled old wise woman looked into the girl's hand and into her face and told her to look out of the back door and tell her what she could see. The girl looked three times and on the third time a covered coach drawn by six white horses jingled down the road. She ran in and told the wise woman who said, That's the one for you. And the eldest daughter was taken into the coach and away she went. Now. The middle daughter, too, grew weary of her solitary life, and she sighed and said, Bake me a bannock and roast me some meat, mother. I am away to seek my fortune. And away she ran to the wise woman, who looked into her hand and into her face and told her to look out of the back door. She looked three times, and there she saw a farmer's wagon drawn by four brown horses. That's the one for you, said the wise woman, and the middle daughter got up onto the wagon and away she went. Now, it was dull at home for the youngest daughter, who said to her mother one weary day, Bake me a bannock and roast me some meat, mother. I am away to seek my fortune. The old wise woman looked carefully into her hand and searchingly into her face and told her to look out of the back door and tell her exactly what she could see. She looked once, twice, and thrice, and what should she see roaring along the road but a great black bull? She ran and told the wise woman, who said, That's the one for you, and, to the girl's great terror, lifted her on to the bull's broad back, and away they went. Long they travelled, and on they travelled, and no harm had come to the girl, but she grew very hungry and couldn't repress a groan. The bull heard her and said, Eat what you find in my right ear and drink what you find in my left ear. Trembling, she reached into his great right ear, where she found a loaf of good bread. From his left ear, she drew out a flagon of ale. Putting aside her fears, she ate and drank and felt very much better. Long they travelled and on they travelled until night drew its cloak about them and they could go no further. 
At the side of the road was a castle where they stopped. The bull said, We will stay here for the night, for this is the place of my brother and we will be welcome. Servants ran out and pulled the girl off the bull's back, for her legs would no longer work as she had ridden for so long. They put her in a fine room, and in the morning the bull's brother came to her. He was in the shape of a mortal man. He spoke to her kindly and gave her an apple, saying, Good lass, take this apple and keep it safe by you. I urge you not to open it until you are in the worst trouble that any mortal can suffer, and it will help you. And the lass was lifted onto the great bull's back, and away they went again. As they rode, she began to wonder about the bull and why he didn't look like his brother. Long they travelled and on they travelled until the sun dropped out of the sky like a stone and they could go no further in the darkness. At the side of the road was a castle where they stopped. The bull said, We will stay here for the night, for this is the place of my second brother and we are expected. Servants ran out and helped the lass off the bull's back and drew her to the fire. They put her in a fine room, and in the morning the bull's second brother came to her. He, too, was in the shape of a mortal man. He spoke to her kindly and gave her a pear, saying, Take this pear and keep it safe by you. Take care not to open it until you are in the worst trouble that any mortal can suffer, and it will help you. Once more, she was lifted on to the great bull's back, and away they went. As they rode, she wondered about the gifts she'd been given, and what help they could give. Long they travelled and on they travelled, until the wind blew snow against them, and they could go no further in the growing cold. At the side of the road was a castle, where they stopped. The bull said, we will stay here for the night, for this is the place of my third brother, and here we can rest. Servants ran out and helped the girl down from the bull's back, brushing the snow off her. They put her in a fine room, and in the morning the bull's third brother came to her. He was also in the shape of a mortal man. He spoke to her kindly and gave her a plum, saying, Take this plum and keep it safe by you. Make sure not to open it until you are in the worst trouble that any mortal can suffer, and it will help you. And they lifted her on to the black bull's back, and away they went. Long they rode, and hard they rode, until they came to a dark and menacing glen, where the bull stopped next to a large stone, so that the lass could step off his back. The bull looked earnestly into her face, saying, Stay here while I go and fight with my enemy. Sit on this stone and move neither hand nor foot till I return, or you'll never see me more. If everything turns blue about you, then I will have been victorious. But if everything turns red, then he will have vanquished me, and you will have to make your way homewards alone. The girl stroked his head and wished him luck, and then sat and trembled quietly inside herself, trying not to move as the bull disappeared into the dark glen. There came terrible sounds of fighting, groaning and striking, 
but she could see nothing. After a while, the air around her turned blue. She was overcome by joyful relief that the bull had won, and she clapped her hands together. In that instant, everything slowed. The air shimmered, the water stopped flowing in the mountain burn. The birds no longer flapped their wings, the grasses no longer waved in the wind. She blinked and blinked, and when she opened her eyes, she was still sitting on the stone, but she and the stone were somewhere completely different. She began to cry, because she realized that the bull wouldn't be able to find her now. She would have to find him instead. She slipped her hand into her pocket and felt the three fruits that had been given to her. Perhaps she should break one open, for surely this was a terrible thing to happen to anyone. But then she thought more carefully. She was unharmed and still able to look after herself. Perhaps this was not the time to call for the help. She looked about her and saw a smooth hill made of glass, which seemed to be the way that she should go. She walked right around it, seeking for a pathway up. But wherever she tried to climb, she slid straight down again. She came at last to a smithy where the blacksmith was hammering out iron. Blacksmith, can you make me a pair of iron shoes with spikes on the sole so that I can climb the glassy hill? I can indeed, said the blacksmith. What payment will you give me? The girl had nothing but the three fruits in her pocket and she considered giving him one of these, but something made her stop. She was sure that the fruits had been given to her for a much worse situation than this. I have nothing, she said sadly. Iron shoes with spikes are difficult and expensive to make, said the blacksmith. If you serve me for seven years in the forge, then I will call that a proper payment. And so for seven years she worked in the forge, learning all that the blacksmith could teach her, and at the end of the time she was given the iron shoes. She fastened them on and ran straight up the hill without stopping. At the top there was a single cottage belonging to a washerwoman who lived there with her daughter. Seldom do we see travellers in this land, said the washerwoman, but two in one week is most strange. Just last Thursday there came a gallant young warrior with his shirt all covered with blood needing my help. He had come from the wars and was sorely wounded. What the washerwoman didn't tell her was that the warrior had said that the woman who washed his shirt clean would be his bride. But though the washerwoman and her mean-spirited daughter had washed until their fingers were sore, they couldn't shift the bloodstains. The girl's heart turned over when she heard this. Where is the warrior now? she asked. He is resting in the back room and needs much tending. I am so behind with my washing, perhaps you could help me, said the wily washerwoman who gave the girl a basket of washing, including the bloody shirt. The lass took the basket down to the bubbling waters of the burn, where she soaped and scrubbed and wrung the washing until it was all clean, including the warrior's shirt. The washerwoman was delighted when she saw the clean shirt, 
and took it off to the warrior and told him that her own daughter had washed it. That evening, at supper, the washerwoman announced that as soon as the warrior was entirely recovered, he and her daughter would be wed. The food stuck in the girl's mouth when she heard this news, and her heart grew heavy. She had never felt such sorrow before. She reached into her apron for a handkerchief, and her hand touched the apple. Now was the time to use it, she was sure. She went to her room and broke it open upon the floor. Inside it was full of gold and diamonds. She went to the washerwoman's mean-spirited daughter and offered her the gold and jewels, saying, If you will let me sit with the warrior this night, I will give these to you. The washerwoman's daughter greedily snatched up the gold, but she told her mother what she had agreed. Her mother made up a sleeping potion to give to the warrior. Just before the brave lass went to sit with him, the warrior drank up the potion and fell deeply asleep. She tiptoed into the room and looked upon his face for the first time. On the bed lay a young black-haired man with lines of suffering etched upon his face. But she knew from the lurch of her heart that this was her beloved black bull restored to his own shape. All night she sat by him, holding his hand and singing. Seven long years I served for you, the glassy hill I climbed for you, the bloody shirt I washed for you, will you not answer and turn to me? But he never stirred all night. The next day she was in despair, so she broke open the pear, which was filled with silver and pearls. She went again to the washerwoman's greedy daughter and offered her the silver and jewels in return for a night tending the wounded warrior. But again the washerwoman gave him a sleeping potion, and he slept through the whole night. The brave lass was desperate, for her weeping and singing did nothing to rouse him. Over and over she sighed, Seven long years I served for you, the glassy hill I climbed for you, the bloody shirt I washed for you, will you not answer and turn to me? The next day, the warrior was feeling much better after his long, deep sleep, and he called for a man to shave him ready for his wedding on the following day. One of the men who cut wood for the washerwoman and who lived in the room below the warriors came and shaved him. He asked him, Did you not hear the strange song on the wind last night? I could swear it was coming from your room. The warrior resolved to stay awake the next night and see what it might be. Now the brave lass drew out her last hope, the plum, and dashed it onto the floor. From its heart spilled out precious rubies and emeralds. She ran with them to the washerwoman's surly daughter and begged to be allowed to tend the warrior on the night before his wedding. And again the washerwoman brought a sleeping potion to the warrior just before bedtime. This time he pretended to sip it but said it was too bitter. While the washerwoman went for a pot of honey to sweeten it, 
he poured out the potion upon the floor and, turning over and pulling the bedclothes up, he pretended he had drunk it anyway. The brave lass went into the chamber and sat with him once again, singing her song. Seven long years I served for you, the glassy hill I climbed for you, the bloody shirt I washed for you, will you not answer and turn to me? The warrior turned towards her and said, I hear and answer you, my brave soul. Love of my heart, will you be my wife? For it was you who washed my shirt clean and lifted the enchantment that was upon me by your patient courage. They made their way down the glassy hill, away from the old witch of a washerwoman and her mean-spirited daughter, past the blacksmith's smithy and back into their own country, where they lived happily forever and ever. for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.